Hello, everyone, and welcome to It's Cardiac Rehab Podcast, a podcast series where we discuss the patient's journey through participation in cardiac rehabilitation programs following a cardiac event. This series is a collaboration between the Irish Association of Cardiac Rehabilitation and the Irish Heart Foundation, supported by Serbia Laboratories Ireland, and focuses on the patient journey following a cardiac event. My name is Anthony Burrows, and I'm your host for this series. During this series, we will hear from patients who have experienced a cardiac event. They will share with us what they went through and how participation in a cardiac rehabilitation program supported their recovery. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Kieran Furlong, who's here to talk about a healthy heart diet and what exactly should be on our dinner plates. Now, before I introduce you, Kieran directly asked you to take over. I will say that we're cognizant of the fact that in, in, in the different um, cardiac rehab units around the country, you know, you may receive your information on, on diet and education on it in different formats, be it from a dietitian themselves or possibly from the nursing staff or the healthcare professionals who are running the programme for you. So, Kieran, over to you and tell us about yourself. Yeah, thanks very much, Anthony. I'm delighted to be invited onto this podcast. Um, and as you mentioned, I'm a, a dietitian working in James's Hospital at the moment. Um, and I've worked in cardiology for the last maybe nine months or so. So I've kind of experienced doing cardiac rehab and uh, doing cardiac rehab sessions with with patients. I suppose just to, to say at the start, um, just a disclaimer that the, the opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and not that of St. James's Hospital. Um, so I'm not speaking for the hospital, but as someone who works works in the hospital. That's no problem. So uh, broadly speaking, what is the role of a dietitian in, in cardiac rehabilitation? Yeah, so I suppose to, to start off, um, you know, diet plays a major role in preventing the risk of developing heart disease or reducing the risk of having a second cardiac event. And I suppose a heart healthy diet can help to reduce cholesterol levels, reduce blood pressure and maintain a healthy weight. So I suppose given that the main role of a dietitian in cardiac rehab is to equip people with the knowledge and skills regarding healthy eating so that they can be empowered to make their own decisions around their diet and heart health. And, and indeed, in some of the other episodes, we, we, we speak to different healthcare professionals where they, they talk about the educational role that they play and about empowering the patients. So again, this is very much in vain with the other, uh, your colleagues in the multidisciplinary care team who are involved in supporting people going through a cardiac rehab program. Yeah, I think so. It's a, it's a multidisciplinary approach, you know, as, as you said. Yeah, brilliant. So what's, are the, what are the most important dietary changes that people can make after they've had an event be it a, an MI or where they've had a stent inserted and the start of their journey of cardiac rehab. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose it's important to, to say that, you know, some people may have a very good diet and may not have many things to change. But for others, this might need to be more of a focus. Um, so while it might be important to reduce your intake of some food types, it's equally as important to begin to include others. Um, and as a general rule, the diet that should be followed for heart disease is the same diet that should be followed for the whole population. And that's largely based on the food pyramid, which some listeners may be familiar with. Um, and you can find that on the hse.ie website if you were to, to Google that. So it might make most sense if I just work my way through that food pyramid to kind of make this sure. nice and, and clear for people. Perfect. Um, so the food pyramid defines the Irish government's evidence-based recommendations on healthy eating and a balanced diet. Um, and it's divided into six shelves, which represent six different food groups. So the idea is that the shelves on the bottom of the pyramid are what our diet should be based around, like fruit and veg and whole grain cereals. So these are lower in calories, they're higher in fibre, and they contain components like antioxidants, which are protective for the heart. As you move up the pyramid then, the shelves get smaller. 
indicating that we need those food groups in smaller amounts. So that's things like meat, dairy, fats and oils, and high sugar and high salt foods. Now, some of these foods are still important to include, but we do need to watch portion size and frequency. So I suppose if we just start off with the bottom shelf, um, you have fruit and veg. So it's recommended to aim for five to seven portions of fruit and veg per day. And we should try and get a mix of fruit and vegetables to get a good balance. One portion could include so a, a medium-sized piece of fruit, like an apple or a banana, two small pieces of fruit, like two plums, or a handful of berries. So that just gives you know our listeners a bit of an idea uh, of what a portion size is. A portion of veg, then, is about a half a cup of, of cooked veg. Now, fruit juice is one that should only contribute to about one of your one of your five to seven portions um, during the day. And that's just because of its its sugar content. So it does contain a natural sugar, fructose. Um, so it's healthier than regular sugar, but it's, it is still a sugar nonetheless. So we just need to keep it to, to one a day if we can. Um, and fresh and frozen fruit, people often ask, is there any different? They're actually equally as nutritious and frozen can often save on, on waste and money. There are many reasons why fruit and veg are so important. So they're low in calories, but they add a lot of bulk to your diet. So you tend to eat less of other foods. Um, they're also high in fiber, including what's called soluble fiber. Um, and that helps to reduce cholesterol. So that's that's a good benefit there. Okay. So you have your plate in front of you, mm-hmm. your dinner in the evenings. Yeah. Uh, how much of the plate should be vegetables, for example? How much should it take up on the plate? Can, can, we, can we look at it that way? Yeah, so that's a good visual, I suppose, for, for, for people. So, you know, you're looking to have about half of your, your plate, you mm-hmm. know, of dinner as, as veg, say. Um, so a quarter should be, you know, your, your meat or your protein. Yeah. Another quarter to be your, your starchy carbohydrates, we call them, uh, which I'll talk about now in a second. Sure. But about half the plate should be fruit and veg. And generally in Ireland, we probably don't have that, that structure. We probably have half the plate of as, as meat and, and the, yeah. the potatoes or the, the carbohydrates uh, and only a small bit of veg. So it's important to, to have a look at that and, and try and kind of shift that distribution if, if you can. Yeah, well, certainly where I come from, we have our dinner in the middle of the day and they're usually stacked with uh, starchy potatoes. Yeah, so that, that's the kind of historical way in yeah. Ireland, I think. So, so, but it's important to take that on board that, I mean, you know, we're looking at basically in proportion as guided by the food permit. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the idea. Okay, so so the carbohydrates are next. The carbohydrates are next, yep. Yeah. So this includes, you know, your, your starchy foods like bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, and breakfast cereals. So we should be aiming to have those at every meal. Um, and typically three to five portions during the day, depending on your activity level. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're someone who is not very active uh, and is maybe trying to lose weight, um, then aim for, you know, closer to the, th- the three portions, mm-hmm. the lower end. If weight has never been an issue for you and, you know, you're very active, you don't struggle with your weight, then you can have up to the, the five portions per day. Um, the idea is, I suppose, that if you're consuming these these foods, you know, in, in excess amounts, that could lead to weight gain if you're not burning them off, let's, let's say. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so in terms of what a portion is, that includes two thin slices of bread or one standard plastic cup of, of cooked rice, pasta or noodles, uh, a third of a cup of dry porridge oats or two medium potatoes or let's say one large potato. Okay. Um, and it's important to go for whole grain varieties. So they're, they're better than, than white varieties. So I'm talking about, you know, brown or wholemeal bread, high fibre breakfast cereals like porridge, Weetabix, bran flakes 
uh, brown rice and wholemeal pasta, that kind of thing. So even within our intake of carbohydrates now, there's there's easy wins there if you swap from kind of like, you know, white bread to brown bread or like, you know, or move over your rice from your basmati to your whole grain. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, that you're switching over all of your foods, you know, to the, the whole mm. grain types. But if you're making a couple of swaps, you know, from from white to, to whole grain, then then that's a good a good thing to do if you can. And I suppose that the main the main function of this carbohydrate um, or, or cereals group is is it's our main energy source. Um, so it's it's giving us the fuel we need to to function during the day. And with the whole grain cereals, you know, they're higher in fiber. They contain a soluble fiber, um, which helps to to lower cholesterol. Um, so that's the important benefit there. Um, but it's also important just for for general good bowel health, you know, and yeah. keep keep bowels moving. Um, so there's lots of benefits there for going for whole grain cereals. Over over white varieties, um, but as I mentioned, just just watch the the portion size depending on your activity level. Absolutely, because this morning now I have porridge every morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I didn't realize a third of a cup was kind of I, I'd be honest. I'm probably closer to a half to maybe a bit over a half of a cup of oats for myself, and I do it half on water, half on milk. Okay, should I be cognizant of that as I'm kicking off my day? I mean, the good thing is I'm having porridge, but. Yeah, so the you're, you're starting off the day well by having porridge. That's yeah. definitely the first thing to say. Um, I suppose the the portions there are are as a guide, you know. So if you wanted to have you know more porridge in the morning, yeah. but you're sticking trying to stick to your your three portions a day or your five portions a day, just try and try and kind of bring it back a little bit, you know, later in the day. So maybe if you're having your dinner, you could have a smaller portion of your rice with your with your curry or something like that. Just be mindful of what's happening over the twenty four hours. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's it's more the, the overall amount during the day as opposed to you know getting getting very focused on on mm-hmm. the portion you know, every single time. The yeah. overall amount in the day is, is better. And we haven't even got to the butter and salt on my potatoes, but let, let's let's go on to the dairy before we come back to that we'll later leave that on. for a little bit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know it will come up. So so the dairy group is next. Yeah, so the the dairy group is, is you know, the, very, very important because yeah. it, it gives you, you know, mainly calcium needed for, for healthy bones um, and also a little bit of protein as well. But, um, you know, so for, for our listeners, the dairy group contains things like, you know, milk, uh, yogurts and cheese. Yeah. Um, and a portion would be, you know, a standard glass of milk, 200 mils, a matchbox size of cheese or one kind of standard pot of yogurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you're not, you know, a, a big milk drinker, you know, some people aren't, um, but they might have a bit of milk in their tea or a little bit in their cereal. That still adds up to the, those three portions, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just important to bear in mind, I suppose, that these dairy foods, they do contain um, saturated fat, which is a harmful fat, actually, that that's, you know, found in, in these foods and that can raise your cholesterol. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in, in, a, in a few minutes. But I think, you know, lower there's, fat options. There's alternatives there within the... Yeah, yeah. So you're looking to yeah. go for, for lower fat options. So, you know, your skimmed or semi-skimmed milk or, or mm-hmm. low fat milk, um, you know, low fat yogurts or reduced fat cheese. So you might see in the supermarket it has, has on the label, you know, 25% reduced fat cheese. Yeah. All of those are, are much lower in fat. So they're much better options to, to go for if we can. So then quickly on the next group, then we, we have a few more questions then for you as well, but mm-hmm. the meats and proteins and... Yeah, so I suppose next up on the shelf you have have the, your your meat and gro- protein group. Mm-hmm. So you know it's it's your meat, fish, eggs, beans, and pulses. You know, like beans, like uh, lentils and chickpeas. And the main function of that group is for for growth and repair of muscle. So looking at portions, then you know you're looking for for two portions per day, and that could include you know the the half the size of the palm of your hand of lean beef, lean yeah. beef. 
uh, or, or mince, poultry or pork, uh, two eggs, 100 grams of cooked fish, or three quarter cups of lentils. And again, if I'm, I'm looking at my hand here. And mm-hmm. I mean, uh, if I think about the steaks we get in the butchers on Saturday, mm-hmm. um, it's it's not half a portion. It's 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 bigger than that. And that's probably something we're maybe a little bit guilty of in this country as well in terms of our our, our portions with of meat on the on the plate. Yeah, I th- I think you know that's some, and going back to the the plate size and and the you know the distribution of the food on the plate, like mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, uh, we probably do slightly overdo it on on this group. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the the thing with that is you know the reason why we're only supposed to have the two portions per day is because it does also contain saturated fat. So sure. like like that dairy group, you know your your milk and your cheeses, and um, this group also contains that that same fat. So it's just important to to keep it to the two portions if you can. For for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um, now, having said that, you know, it's okay to include other other non-animal sources of, of protein, like I mentioned, so that the beans or your chickpeas or your lentils, yeah. um, they don't have any, you know, saturated fat. Um, and they are also quite high in fiber as well. So that soluble fiber that I talked about helps to, to lower cholesterol. So And they're great value too. They're great value yeah, too. We yeah, come, we, we might come back to that because, I mean, I suppose the budget is, is an important thing to consider when we look at uh, the price of food. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So we'll go through that as well. So uh, we have hens down the country where I live, okay, and uh, we're not getting too many at the moment, but for a lot of the year we get like five, six hens, or eggs a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I like eggs. What is the advice on, on eggs at the moment? Because I know it's since, since even since I was a child, and I can think of my own father being advised not mm-hmm. to have uh, too many eggs some years back. What's the advice at the moment on eggs? Yeah, well, I, I like eggs as well, Anthony, and lots of people do. Um, and it's it's a question that comes up, you know, quite quite frequently in in cardiac rehab. Um, and many people would have heard, like you said, that that eggs are, you know, that, that they can't be included on a, a heart healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose the fact is that the yolk of an egg does contain cholesterol. Um, but research has shown that it's not actually the cholesterol in food that affects your blood cholesterol but rather the saturated fat in food. Right. Um, so that's, it's a bit of a myth, I suppose, you know, that you can't have eggs. Um, so it's, it's absolutely fine to have up to, to seven eggs per week. So that could be, you know, one a day or, mm. or two every second day. I suppose just to, to mention as well, just watch how you're, you're cooking your eggs. So boiling or poaching is, is a lot better than, than frying because yeah. you're, you're cutting down the fat. So do you want to come back on the fats? You've mentioned it a few times, Lewis. Is there any kind of sort of summary on fats that you want to kind of uh, just yeah, cover? Yeah, I think, I think it's important just, just to clarify, I suppose, for, for people that, you know, fats, fats are essential, you know, but only in very small amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, again, it's important that the type of fat that we eat. So there are two main types, you know, which listeners might have heard of. Um, and those types are called saturated and unsaturated fat. Um, so I've mentioned that the saturated fat already, you know, that comes mainly from animal sources and can be found in like the butter, uh, the fat in meat, mm-hmm. cheese, cream, chocolate, cakes, and actually coconut oil as well. Um, saturated fat, I suppose, raises your blood cholesterol and can increase the risk of developing plaque buildup in the arteries or what's called atherosclerosis. Um, and when that happens, we're at an increased risk of heart attack and stroke. Um, so I suppose we're looking to, to keep our, our intake of saturated fat as, as low as we can um, for that reason, because we don't want our, our cholesterol levels raised so These are the kind of bad fats we hear about. Yeah, yeah. Now, it's not to say that you have to completely eliminate them, but what you're looking to do is replace them, you know, if possible, with what's called 
unsaturated fat. Sure. Um, so this is a bit of, you know, that's kind of the opposite and it comes mainly from plant sources. Um, so it's found in foods like olive oil and other plant oils, your plant spreads like your flora spreads or your olive spreads, nuts and seeds, avocados, oily fish um, and that kind of thing. So you might hear the terms, you know, monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. No, no need to, to get too kind of head up about yeah. that. It, they both come under the unsaturated type. Um, so they're healthy fats and they they have a complete opposite effect to, to saturated. So, you know, they, they help to lower your cholesterol levels. So they're actually very beneficial to include. I suppose just to, to bear in mind as well that whether the fat is saturated or unsaturated, um, they do still, you know, contain high amounts of calories. So you're trying to keep them in, in smaller amounts. Um, so portion size again, I guess. Portion size again, yeah. yeah. yeah a bit of a common theme here. Yeah. Um, but that's really the, the well, idea. Not, I mean, look at if, if, if we a lot of the things you mentioned there, I mean, like the, the olive oil, the, the seeds, the nuts, the avocado. I mean, like there's a oily fish, there's a lovely uh, afternoon salad there in, in the making with a few salad leaves. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a case that we have to compromise on taste or anything. I mean, there's so many... Uh, wonderful things there to kind of like switch over to if it's again a small tweak in some cases. Absolutely and I think yeah that that's the key and, and you know the food doesn't have to be boring at yeah. all you know often that's a, a misconception that you know if I'm going on a a diet, you know, that it, that food needs to be very, very boring and, and restrictive. That's that's not the case, really. So there's lots of there's lots of things to play around with to, to make your food still taste nice. Um, but choosing healthier, healthier methods, as you said. I mentioned it earlier, uh, the budget. OK, we're hearing a little bit about the price of food and things like that going up. But again, I mean, all of these foods are, are, can be available in, in, in all of the shops that we visit and in, in the, the, the likes of the the low cost supermarkets and things like that, there's there's opportunities to go in and, and source this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's an important question to bring up because it is something that affects a lot of people and, and budget is an issue for, for many people. Mm. Um, but it doesn't have to be, you know, something that stops you from, from eating healthy. And, you know, if money is tight, you know, there's a few things you can do. So like you said, shop smart, you know, looking online to, to compare prices in different supermarkets, you know, low cost supermarkets and, and own brand products. They're, they're a lot cheaper, you know, mm-hmm. than, than other options. You know, looking at, at multi-buys like buy one, get one free or if you're comparing the prices of similar products per 100 grams to see kind of which is which is cheaper, that can be a good tip to, to use as well. You know, using seasonal or frozen fruit and veg, mm-hmm. um, they tend to be a lot a lot cheaper as well when they're in season. Um, planning ahead for meals in the week as well can be something that's useful to do as well because you know you're you're not just going in on a daily basis and not knowing what you're buying and sure. just kind of buying something on the spur of the moment. You're planning ahead so you can keep costs down that way. And I'm sure people who are attending uh, cardiac rehab programs at the moment are probably sharing sharing uh, menus with, with, the, with the people they're participating in the course with. And I mean, like it's this is probably a discussion that people have already had. Definitely. Yeah. And that's that's the great thing about the, the group aspect of, of cardiac rehab. You mm. know, people do, do share resources with each other. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to something that's... Uh, uh, we, we briefly discussed beforehand, mm-hmm. uh, and that's uh, oily fishes. Yes, yeah. So I suppose there's there's lots of lots of foods that are important to include, you know, in a heart healthy diet. But one that I think is is definitely worth focusing in on um, is oily fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so oily fish includes things like salmon, mackerel, sardines, kippers. Um, they are the main ones, really, um, and they're very high in a, a polyunsaturated fat called omega three. So you remember that that I said 
unsaturated fats are, are healthy fats. Um, so omega-3 helps to lower your blood cholesterol. So there's a benefit here from, from going down, I suppose, the, the oily fish route. I mean, you can gain, you can, there's so many kind of dishes you can create uh, on a more regular basis and it's do, doing, giving you benefit as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there, there's a bit of you know, a bit of choice there in the, the different types of oily fish. Um, and you're looking to get maybe two portions of oily, oily fish per week, if, right. if possible. There's some people, I suppose, who would say, you know, I, I don't eat oily fish. I never have liked it. I never yeah. will eat it. Um, and for those people, there, there is an alternative. So the supplements are available for omega-3? Yeah, yeah. So um, again, another question that, that's asked a lot. Should I be taking an omega-3 supplement? Um, the, the, question, or the, the answer is, I suppose, that, you know, you, you can take them. There is a benefit of, of taking them. If you can take your oily fish instead you would get more benefit. Okay. It, act, it acts slightly better, you know, in food form than it does as just a, a supplement on its own. Um, but, you know, if you don't want to eat oily fish and you don't like linseeds, then an omega-3 supplement can be can be useful. But I suppose it is an expense as well. Um, so that's just something to, to bear in mind. Okay. Now, we're back to the pyramid, the top of it, which um, I'm not going to look at the pyramid here because I know there's a lot of things on it I like. But uh, let's let's cover that. Yeah, so I suppose that's that's the one shelf we haven't talked about yet, Anthony. And uh, if you look at the food pyramid, you know, that shelf has since been detached from the main the main pyramid itself um, in, in recent years, because I suppose the reason for that is that it's not actually required for, for okay. good health. So that top shelf is, you know, things like your chocolate, cakes, sweets, biscuits, um, you know, fizzy or sugary drinks, mm-hmm. all, all the nice stuff that, that people like, unfortunately. But as I say, it's, it's, these foods aren't actually required for good health. I suppose they still can be consumed as part of your diet, but not every day. That's the key. Um, it's because they're high in calories, I suppose. So it can lead to weight gain if they're, if they're consumed in excess um, and they don't really provide any, any beneficial nutrients for health. So if you are consuming those foods, I suppose it's just important to watch your portion size. So, you know, those um, fun size packets of, of chocolate bars sure, yeah. or the, you know, the small little multi bags of, of crisps. Yeah. They can be better because they're already portioned out into a small portion. You're not going to overdo it, you know, so they're, they're a bit better. Um, so we can all be a bit more disciplined ourselves by, by choosing the, the smaller option. That's it. And yeah. I think, you know, it's important to acknowledge as well that, that everyone does eat these foods. You yeah. know, it's not expected that, that you would cut them out completely. Absolutely. But portion size and, and frequency is... We hear the term empty calories. Is that kind of... I mean, is that... A, I, I've heard it. Hmm. I mean, I don't know where I've heard it, but is that, that's, I suppose, uh, applicable here. Yeah, so empty calories really just means that, you know, the food provides energy, but Mm. it doesn't give you any any other beneficial nutrients really. Um, So I suppose that this this food is this food group is does contain empty calories. Okay. so salt. I I mentioned about butter and salt on potatoes and eggs and uh, everything earlier on. But I mean, salt is a is a is a important topic to cover. Yeah, I think it's it's important to to bring up. Um, you know, it's it's a way that many of us add flavor to our foods. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if we have too much of it, it can raise our blood pressure. Um, and many of us actually take in you know a lot more salt than we actually need because it's already present in lots of the foods we eat. You know, before we even add it when we're cooking or before we add it at the table. Um, so foods that are high in salt, you know, would be things like processed meats, so your bacon, sausages. Um, ham, also packet and tin soups, you know, ready meals, sauces, stock cubes, um, and things like 
salted nuts or, or crisps. Um, so it is present in a lot of foods. Um, and if you're someone that, that does add a lot of salt in your cooking or if you add a lot of, of salt at the table, just try to think, is there any other way that you can try and add flavor to that food? So, you know, adding spices or, or other dressings or herbs, um, you know, to, to still get that flavor in, you know, because we don't want our foods to be boring. Absolutely. Um, yeah. but so pepper, a bit more pepper versus salt and just a uh, yeah. mixture of flavors and, and, and find something that works. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the key there. Great. Uh, alcohol, we can't not talk about it. Um, I mean, it's it's something from a from a calorie perspective that I kind of surprised myself um, that there's a lot of calories in alcohol. Yeah, and I suppose in, in Ireland in general, we do have quite a high average consumption of alcohol. Yeah. Um, and as you say, many people don't realise the, the calorie content of of alcohol because it's not a food, but it, it does it does contain, you know, high amounts of calories. So, the recommended upper limits for alcohol um, is 17 standard drinks for men and 11 standard drinks for women per week. Uh, now and a standard drink, of course, the next question. That's going to be your next question. Yeah. So I suppose your standard drink is um, a half a pint of lager yeah. or beer or stout, a 100 ml glass of wine or a 35 ml serving of you know a standard strength spirit. Yeah. Um, and that's the upper limit. That's the upper limit. Yeah. So as I say, it's it's an upper limit, not a target. So if you currently don't consume alcohol, you know, it's it's you don't you don't need to start. Yeah. Um just to, to mention as well, I suppose, that those those standard units or those standard drinks, if you think of when you go into a bar or a pub, they often won't serve you one hundred mils, you know, in, in your glass of wine. It'll often be 150 or, you know, even more than that, 175 mils of wine. So and the same goes with your beer. You know, if you're having a pint of beer, that's not one unit. That's actually two units. So you're just looking to to kind of keep that in mind when you're adding up your your units for the week. Um, and I suppose with that as well, you're aiming to to spread those units out over the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so not saving them all up for for your Friday night. You know, um, so spreading them out and trying to aim for two alcohol free days per week. And again, Karen, j- just after discussing alcohol, I mean, caffeine is is another kind of uh, staple in this country. It's certainly tea and coffee in more recent years. Um, any advice for people on that? Yeah, I think we are big uh, tea drinkers anyway in, in Ireland, definitely, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, caffeine-wise, I think you, if you're having, you know, two to three cups of, of tea and coffee during the day, there's there's not much much issue with that. I suppose what you're looking at as well is what you're putting in the tea and coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're going for, if you add milk, try to use your, your low fat or skimmed milk. If you're using a sugar, you know, see, can you cut down on that or or else add a sweetener instead so you're not getting those extra calories in. Um, the same goes for, for the coffee. So I know often it's it's not much coffee at all and, and lots of, of other stuff. So your, your cream and your syrups. So I suppose just being conscious of that. But, you know, if you're having, as I say, two to three cups of, of tea or coffee during the day and you're not adding you know, not not in sugar, um, that that's absolutely fine. And I suppose our habits sometimes. I mean, like often we'll have a biscuit with our tea, or we'll have you know something on offer with the coffee and things like that. It's just to try and and, and break those little habits too. Oftentimes, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And and you know, as I say, trying to have some some healthy snacks as a as an alternative there. You know, ready in the house or whenever you are having having your cups of tea. You know, such as you know a piece of fruit and a yogurt or 
a handful of unsalted nuts or a bit of dried fruit um, or a, a plain mm. biscuit is is fine really, you know, or maybe something like, you know, a, a rice cake, even if there is the chocolate on it, that that's still better than, than a chocolate biscuit. I mean, it can be substitution, not abstinence. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And as I say, again, you don't need to, to fully cut out everything, but yeah. just being conscious of, of little swaps that you can build in here and there. And like, and again, we talked about a number of resources that are available. Um, I mean, the HSE, the food permit. I mean, there's a, there's a, a an absolute, I suppose, plethora of resources available to everybody. There, there's lot, there's lots of good sources of information out there. If they're looking for for recipes, a good one would be uh, Irishheart.ie uh, mm. forward slash recipes. That has lots of good ones there. Also, the British Heart Foundation recipe finder, um, and just that website in general. You know that they have lots of. Lots of good info, you know, on, on what is a heart healthier Mediterranean diet. You know, they go through food myths, mm-hmm. a breakdown of fats, food labeling, healthy eating on a budget. So, you know, lots of stuff to, to back up what I've said here today. Now, smoking. Um, well, before I, 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 I hand over to you for your, your summary on, on that very comprehensive overview of an advice that I think people will find very, very valuable. Just a comment on smoking. Yeah, so it's it's an important t- topic to touch on um, because smoking does increase your risk of, of heart disease significantly. Um, and I suppose according to the Irish Heart Foundation, a smoker is twice as likely to, to suffer a heart attack as a non-smoker. So it's important to try and get the support you need to quit, you know, if you can. And when people quit smoking, their appetite for food increases and their taste improves. So that, you know, increases the, the pleasure of, of eating food. Um but I, I suppose just to, to mention, often people who have conquered that tough challenge of, of giving up smoking, they often feel empowered to make further changes to their lifestyle and, and dietary changes can be one of those things as well. OK, so you've given us a great overview there, Kieran. Thanks very much. Um, I'm going home to have my dinner this evening. So just one last time, what size should the plate be and what should be on that plate? I'm going to have some carbohydrates. I'm going to have some vegetables. I'm going to have some fish. Yeah, so you've you've touched on on a few of the things there already. Mm. Um, so you've been listening to me, Anthony. Um, so just to to recap, I suppose yeah, the the main things you're looking to have are you're aiming for your five to seven portions of fruit and veg during the day. You're aiming for whole grain, high fiber cereals, but just important to watch your portion size. Um, you're looking to reduce the amount of total and saturated fat and replace it with small amounts of unsaturated fat, so your cholesterol isn't raised too much. You're looking to choose lean protein and low fat dairy products. You're looking to reduce your intake of high sugar foods, salt and alcohol um, and eat more oily fish, you know, up to two portions per week. I'm going from three spuds to two. Mm-hmm. OK, I'm going to increase this evening now the, the portion of vegetables versus the carbohydrates that I've normally done. I'm going to cut down a little bit in the amount of salt I'm putting on because uh, I, I'm just listening to everything you said. And certainly even with the butter, I mean, you know, it's the simple things, really. I mean, we all know this and we've all heard it. But it's, it's, I suppose, it's just making those little changes throughout the day and forming the habits. Yeah, and I think, you know, start off start off small, like I said, you know, so maybe say tonight I'm going to make one change. I'm going to, you know, go from using butter on my potatoes to, you know, maybe a, a flora spread or, or an unsaturated spread. Um, or else you might say, well, instead of I drink a lot of tea now, I'm going to, maybe cut out the, you know, the, the full fat milk and use low fat milk instead. Um, and if you set yourself, you know, a couple of goals per week, you know, and, and if you achieve those, then move on to something else. I think it's it's important to say that very drastic changes and trying to be too ambitious often is, is difficult to achieve. So starting small is, is the key. Um, but 
I suppose overall, while while diet is hugely important um, for heart health, it's really the combined effect of diet, physical activity, you know, stress management, you know, smoking cessation and, and other lifestyle changes that will really have the most positive impact. And that's what I think everybody listening to this podcast who be participating in the Cardiac Rehab Programme will certainly be engaged with. So Karen, thank you very much for your time today. It's been, it's been really informative. Thank no you. problem. I hope that was useful. It was great to hear from Karen Furlong there um, regarding all the advice and the, the importance of diet as part of the Cardiac Rehab Programme. So Paul from our last episode also popped in to talk about the changes he has made to his diet since engaging in his cardiac rehab program and how some simple substitutions have really made the difference for him. I mean, Paul, you've heard what Kieran has had to to say there, but from a diet perspective, can you tell us, I suppose, what you learned um, um, about your own diet having gone through the cardiac rehab program? Yeah, it was totally wrong. Right. (laughs) Totally wrong. Anthony, uh, beforehand, I was eating chips. I was eating uh, no veg. Meat, I was eating wrong times of the day okay. because of the shift work in Dunbus. You were going home at 12 o'clock at times sure. and you were getting stuck into a sandwich before going to bed. The next morning you were getting up, you were making another two sandwiches. You were going out, you were getting uh, a lunch, mm-hmm. which was probably chips again, mm-hmm. uh, a burger. And then at dinner time, you had... Chops and, of course, chips. So my diet was shocking, absolutely. And it's only when you look at what the staff gave us on the sheets yeah, and you look, think back and say, oh, my God, what have I done to myself? But uh, yeah, now I'm eating more vegetables. I don't eat, I haven't had chips since last October. We have uh, the sweet potato fries. They're fabulous, great yeah. taste. And I'm bringing salads into work. And did you find it a challenge? Yes, it was because, uh, unfortunately, the bad foods taste great. And I found that some of the vegetables, they were bland. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't cook. Okay. I'm shocking. I just, I born, <laughs> born toast. So, <laughs> what uh, the wife did was dropped a little bit of honey. Right. Onto the vegetables, put them in the oven, and the taste was absolutely fabulous. Came out totally different. So it really got me into eating the vegetables. And as I say now, I'm having salads and more so tuna and fish in the salads. So so it's a big, big change up for me. And and you found once you got into the, I suppose, the habit. Yeah, yeah. once you got into the habit. And the taste, they taste lovely. You actually feel better for eating it. You feel more fuller than you did having a burger because the old adage was if you had a burger half an hour later, you were saying, I'm starving. I know. So, so um, and I, I guess in terms of, you know, going to work now, I mean, you've a, you've a different... Uh, oh, totally different mindset. Yeah. T- totally different. It's uh, where you were going into the canteen and you were going up and you were like, there was chips and everything else there. Now I don't even have a salad with me. Yeah. And it is, it's just a totally different change. But it's what the staff... It's almost like you don't see you. them. Is it? You know, you just don't want them. To, you, don't, yeah. you don't want them. After being through, I suppose, the trauma of getting having the stint put in, whatever else, and then you're listening to the staff talking and giving you the, the dietitian that came in and mm-hmm. he's giving you advice and you're doing the exercise and you can see yourself and you say, oh, I don't want that anymore. Just, it's just, it's mad. It's, uh, it's 
point black in your mind. It's just, you don't want it. Right. And Paul, you spoke to us about, um, I, I suppose, about the, the positive peer pressure from the group you were in, in, from the exercise perspective. Did you kind of share kind of tips and did you share kind they of experience did, yeah, regarding dying with each other as well? They did, because like I never had sweet potatoes or anything else and yeah. someone says, what about having some of them? Like, just talking to the dietitian, and he goes, yeah, that's a good way to do it. To, instead of eating chips, yeah. to try these. No, no, not all the time, but just try. Sure, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and it, I said it to the wife, came back and uh, mailed it for me, said, see what you think. And I have to say, I really enjoyed them. Brilliant. And it's just, just totally changed now because you don't have them every day of the week. You have them, say, twice a week. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. And uh, you take the fat off the chops or whatever else and chicken. Take the skin off the chicken. Mm-hmm. It's just a totally different way of eating to what I was, to what I was doing. Yeah. which was totally, totally wrong. Well, Paul, you're looking very well. Thanks very so much. So I think it's, 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 it's working, okay? <laughs> so Paul, thanks again for joining us uh, no for the problem. second thanks episode. And it's been great to have you involved in, in two of the episodes. Um, I think you're a testament. Uh, just for anybody who's listened to this, there's a, a big smile <laughs> across the table here. Um, and I think, you know, a great example of someone who's enjoyed uh, engaging in the cardiac rehab program and is definitely I'm hearing a very strong advocate and for it. I was fantastic and I would strongly recommend everybody to try and get in even to do one it just instills so much confidence and if you put your mind at rest if you have any worries at all thank you very much Paul so a big thanks to Paul and Kieran again for being with us here today on our next and final episode of It's Cardiac Rehab we hear from Dr Isabella Carmelau Senior Clinical Psychologist from Bowman Hospital and also I will speak to author and journalist Michael Harding and what led him to attending cardiac rehab. This podcast has been developed by the Irish Association of Cardiac Rehabilitation in partnership with the Irish Heart Foundation and supported by Servia Laboratories Ireland. For more information or if you have any concerns, contact your local cardiac rehabilitation clinic or your GP or the Irish Heart Foundation at irishheart.ie. This is a six-part series. All episodes are available on the Irish Heart Foundation website at irishheart.ie. The content in this podcast is not intended to constitute or be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your doctor or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The views, information or opinions expressed during the Cardiac Rehab podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers, any hospital, the IACR, the Irish Heart Foundation or Servia Laboratories Ireland. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform and is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or treatment. The Irish Heart Foundation is here to support you. We have various ways in which you can join the larger heart and stroke community. We have meetings with expert speakers on topics such as diet, medication, exercise and the psychological effects of living with a heart condition. We have a very active private Facebook page called the Heart Support Network where you can access quality information and gain support from others who are on a similar journey to you. Our nurses are available with just a phone call for any medical queries you may have. If you have had a heart event or been diagnosed with a heart condition, do contact us on heartservices at irishheart.ie or phone 01668 5001.